Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Raising Our Gifted Children right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest, oh my God, if we got some nuggets for you today, is Mark Williamson. And he came about his wonderful journey of his whole redirection in life through his son choking. And his two-year-old was choking, looking at him and pleading, Daddy, help me. And he realized he didn't know what to do. And this changed absolutely everything so now he is our child's keeper he is uh, there's no greater time for a leader than a mother or a father there is no leadership more important than parenthood amen to that it is the very foundation of our civilization good parenting makes good adults so how did uh, how did it, we know how it came about but what did he do what you know what did he go and search to understand how we can be there for our children we are expected to know it all folks the moment the baby is born all of a sudden there's meant to be a download and we have all the answers it is not so we can share wisdom back and forth with other mums but as a pre-conversation pointed out it may not always be correct he has this wonderful book um top 10 life-saving skills every parent should know emergency this book will save your child's life and also he has this wonderful program of baby child safety master classes and everything else so everything you need to know raising a child grandparents i'm a grandparent too we need to know some things just because we did it that way back when doesn't mean it's the way we're meant to do it now and he says i believe our children are silently begging us as parents to lead them to be their source of protection and safety and to hold them up they're right and they deserve it uh, our primary responsibility is to protect protect and keep our children safe it's the number one thing the other thing i will add to this is that we are the custodians of our children we don't own them but we are responsible in taking care of them guiding them properly and allowing them to grow to be whatever they're meant to be welcome to the show mark Thank you so much, Sarah. Honor to be here. Uh, seeing your child choking, um, you know, I've been there. It, it's horrific and, and, and you freeze in the moment. You know, this, you feel like you're freezing for hours as this slow motion thing is happening in front of you. And mm -hmm. it's the panic of what do I do? And then you think Heinemann, but then you can't Heinemann a child. And then you think fingers down the throat and are you causing it any more difficult slap on the back and all of these things go through your mind but you, you you panic because you're really not quite sure which is the safe action to take absolutely and i think you know that's that's one of the things whenever you see these youtube videos you know mm -hmm. you'll see youtube videos of whether it's a mother in a you know in a mall or a father at a, i've seen them at an arcade and reading popcorn these kind of videos you'll see how they'll just like you said, they'll start going through their minds. What should I do? 
they'll start slapping the kids. They'll start trying to do some sort of Heimlich maneuver, uh, but it's so nuanced, mm-hmm. you know, what you're actually supposed to do. And one of the things I tell parents is like, we only really panic when we don't have the skills to solve mm-hmm. the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of really learning those life-saving skills, I think is so important. Um, and, and then actually being able to remember them is yet another part of this that people don't really think through uh, very much. They'll just watch a YouTube video and think, okay, well, now I know this, Right. you know, done. I watched that video. Cool. Um, and then, you know, within 48 hours, the average person will forget up to about 80% of what they just learned. So mm. it's like scoring an A on a Monday on a test and then, you know, failing that same test on a Wednesday. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's also little things that you can do is even bullet points um, of things that you've learned. Ah, the do's, the don'ts, write it down, put it in your bag, put it in your wallet, put it somewhere where you know, hang on, <laughs> I've got this here, quickly scan through it. You're not going to remember the whole thing, but yeah. kind of some highlighting do's and don'ts, having it there instantly as a, to jog the memory. Yes, yes. I mean, basically anything that's going to help you. I mean, everybody, we're all, you know, we all learn differently. Some of yes. us are, you know, the majority of us are visual learners. Some of us are auditory learners. Um, I think it's like 35% are auditory. Um, so yeah, I mean, whatever's really going to help you. I think the, the key is also is even if you're an auditory learner, you still need to understand the commands, right? So for instance, if you're going to, you know, if, if there's God forbid an actual emergency and you need to call 911, I mean, the dispatcher, it's an entirely auditory system. Mm-hmm. So whatever they're telling you, you still need to be able to internalize it and then visualize it, you know, the way you visualize it best to perform the actual action. Um, so yeah, to your point is, is really make sure you understand, like, how do you learn the best? How do you retain the best? And then, like we say with our, our master classes, is really refresh it, you know, go through yeah. and refresh every month at least, you know, I mean, learn the skills and then refresh as, as often as possible. Um, quiz each other, spouse, aunts, yeah. uncles, grandparents, if there's older kids, right? Hey guys, what do we do when? And somebody will come up yeah. with it and it's a good way of making a game out of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and that goes for your babysitters too. Yes. You know, I mean, your, your babysitters and caregivers, you know, we've had an au pair for the last five years, um, nanny au pair, kind of the same thing. They live with us. And you know, one of the reasons I chose them was because they were from an international agency that actually taught these skills before they mm-hmm. came. Um, but what I quickly found out is I tested her. I said, you know, what are you going to do right here if this happens? She forgot, right. you know, and it's not her fault. I did not no. be like, I can't believe this. You know, yeah, it's like, absolutely. You forgot. And if you, if you remembered after 48 hours, then you're one of the, you know, 10% or 15% of people who can retain information that long. So absolutely. Absolutely. I think it also a huge, big thing, uh, enormous thing. And when anything happens, take the deep breath, don't panic. Right. The, the yeah. panic is going to freeze the mind. It's going to freeze anything that you ever thought you knew. And you just become frozen and you don't know what to do or you become hysterical and you're useless. So yeah. take that and get in there because intuitively that will open up the mind to remember what we need to know. But right. if we're in the panic state, it blocks anything. Absolutely. I mean, that's why the 911 dispatcher, the first thing she mm. says is, stay as calm as possible. Yes. And then your first part, like you're well, how can I do that when, yes. you know, yeah. this is happening, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if you don't have that basic thing, then you're everything stacked against you at that point. 
Um, but again, I mean, that, that level of panic is going to go up and down based on how much you've actually reviewed this stuff, you know, how yeah. much you actually retain. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it really doesn't matter how old your children are. Um, you know, uh, I have a 10 month old grandson and uh, he's learning to walk. So of course, you know, he's the crawling, discovering things, even though there's the sockets on the wall, you know, it's mm. everything trying to get into everything. You think you're baby proofed <laughs> until no. No. the baby gets out there and shows you, no, you're no. not. You forgot about this or you didn't take that into consideration. And basically, you've just got to watch them, right? Because right. they are constantly in stuff. But, you know, it doesn't matter what the age is. You know, people think, oh, they get to teenagers, you don't need to worry about that anymore. Ha-ha, again, yeah. because the teenagers are now getting, it's the terrible twos in the teens. Right, right, right. And, right, right. Yeah, and they're getting into <laughs> everything. And um, I got a phone call, um, uh, somebody telling me that they arrested my son for murder. And I immediately, of course, went into panic. It was my son mimicking, right? Just pulling yeah. a prank on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then about a week later, I get another phone call, uh, a deep voice uh, telling me that my son's broken his leg and he's in hospital. And I go, yeah, right, mm. Tyler, you're not going to get me again. You're not going to yeah, get yeah. me again. Oh, yeah. excuse me, ma'am. Yes. And, and it's yeah. like, eventually, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in hospital with a snapped femur. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and it is, what do you do now? And I think, don't expect to know it all in the moment, right? You you want it's okay for you to ask questions. Mm -hmm. That is essential because they've got the medical degree, you don't. Right. And I remember um, an orderly they're having to move my son, and they told me to leave the room. They didn't need an hysterical mother, and I said there's a very big difference between hysterical and concerned. Right. Do you know which leg it is? Yeah. And they literally pushed me out the door when they picked him up, they picked him up by the wrong leg, the broken leg, right? Oh and it's like, you know, you'll, you'll get those people, but it is, it's, it's okay for you to ask questions. It's okay even for you to insist um, because otherwise you can go under the radar, but always calmly, calmly mm -hmm. is the thing. And I think mm -hmm. in parenting, Although it's very hard to be calm sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Calmness is what we want out of, out of uh, a parent or grandparent or babysitter or anybody, isn't it? Yes. And, and um, I was speaking to a doctor, you know, last week about this very point. And, he was, and, and one of the videos that he did that I really liked was about um, how to remain calm and how not to yell. It was, mm. it was directed towards the children themselves. And, you know, typically they would, you know, have any number of things, but his was actually a form of meditation, Yeah. you know, a form of really taking these really deep breaths. And he would actually would show you how to do these breaths, you know, so you would avoid that process of, you know, or, or going through that with your kids of yelling at them for something, you know, if you're stressed out, it's easy to do, but also, you know, as you said, Sarah, like you need to be your child's advocate, you know? Yeah. And so, and when somebody's kind of coming back at you about that, they're coming back to the thing that you care about the most. So that's kind of like a perfect storm. So, yes. <laughs> um, but you know, the thing that was so great about this video too, is he said, you know, even before you come home, let's say in that scenario, or before you go to that doctor's office, preventatively do those breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're coming into the situation calm. Right. Um, and so, you know, one of the things, you know, um, that I really highlight for parents is about this is, and you, you mentioned it earlier is always watch your kids when they're eating specifically. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to watch them, you know, doing other things, but 
specifically when they're eating. And when it happened to my son, Marcus, it was just, um, I got lucky that I was sitting across from him. Usually I'm just, just like everybody else. Multi- right. I've got four kids uh-huh. multitasking and doing any, any number of things, but I just happened to be sitting across from him. My, my youngest daughter, she was sleeping. And it was just the two of us. And because choking is a silent event. Yes. You're not going to hear it. No. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's so key. And one other thing I want to touch on, cause you, you said it and I, I loved it was, you know, a lot of times we try to do these preventative measures from a baby safety uh, proofing, like a home proofing type of thing. And what we don't really kind of think about is we can put those little plugs in and we can do any of number of these little things, child locks, all this stuff. But I, I say, be your child's detective mm. and get down to their level yeah. and see what they're seeing. So yes, get down on the ground. I have a video about that. Where mm-hmm. Just go down and start scanning and seeing what you see. And that comes back to when my, my oldest son, he was probably about, well, he was crawling. So he probably was under one at the time. I come home from work and he you know, starts crawling towards me to say hi. And uh, I go down to his level on my knees. And when he smiles, I notice that I saw something shiny in his mm. mouth. And, and so I, you know, I was like, what in the world, you know, and I was able to just calmly approach him and then just like open his mouth very, very slowly. It was actually a screw. Huh. So the people who came over to put together our couch, mm. left some screws under our couch. He put his hand in of and of course grabbed it and try to swallow it. So, or didn't try to swallow it yet, but that's the other point too, is you don't, if you're calmly approach your child, then you're not, you don't run the risk of startling them. Right. If I had gone like this, he would have yes. went like this. He would have gone swallowed. Yeah, exactly. Disaster. Disaster. You know, it also comes to when a child uh, does have a fall or anything else, you know, don't panic. Um, um, I had a daughter that was jumping up and down and I said, don't do that. Get down. You're going to fall and jump, yeah. jump, jump, fall. Right. Yeah. And she cut her ear open and uh, I took her off to the doctor and she's laying there and her eyes are just beating on me. And I'm just talking softly yeah. and talking to the doctor and she's not taking her eyes off me and he's busy stitching up the, the ear. Yeah. And, he's, uh, and he said, thank you. And I went for and he said, most parents are hysterical and crying. It gets the kid worked up. Yeah. Right. Then it's impossible to do anything with the kid because they're hysterical and crying. Right. Right. And he said, you were just calm. And she never took her eyes off you. And because you were calm, she was calm. That's right. Now, that doesn't mean later I'm not going to go home and grab a scotch and shake. <laughs> <laughs> but in the moment, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know yeah. we have to step out of our own fear or concern. And we are there for the child. And what does the child need at that time? Right. Reassurance. Right. And that reassurance right. comes across as calmness. That's right. Yeah. When we panic, they panic. Yes. They're going to mirror us. Every oh, absolutely. Time, for sure. Um, you know, I had a lovely uh, gentleman on, Armin Bolt, um, a.k.a. Mr. Dad. He does an entire um, thing on, on parenting fathers and how oh, to be okay. parents, right from ex- uh, being expectant right up. And mm-hmm. always a delight having him. You, you should really connect with him because I think it would be fantastic uh, yeah, unison there. Sure. But, you know, we, we were talking about, um, you know, the, 
the the do's and don'ts for a kid and it's you know, my grandson's at that stage of pulling things like his father's got a beard yeah. and uh, dad goes out and he goes hey this is fun right yeah. and going to the plug and trying to pull it and they're going no and i change tone no yeah. no no yeah. and look at me uh-uh you know and it's like uh and yes that you if the tone is the same for everything, he's not learning. Right. Have a tone for no, uh, yeah. uh, don't do that. And they'll get to know that tone, right? Right. And sometimes the best safety can be is showing them where the boundaries are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we do with our family is, is you know, one of the chapters I have is on fire safety. Mm. And it's also on fire safety and escape plans. So, um, yeah taking your child, like when an alarm goes off, what yes. do you do? Yeah. If there is a fire, where do you go? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a story that's so sad, um, but it's, it's demonstrative of, of this point. I, th- I think it's, it's worth telling is, you know, in this, this, this fire escape plan is, a, is really your family needs to determine what is going to be the designated meeting place. Right. Where is everybody going to meet? And, you know, before I met my CPR instructor, just after this happened with Marcus, um, a, a few years ago, he told me the story specifically about that point where he had a childhood friend and what they had a home fire. And so his mother, father, um, his childhood friend and uh, the sister, his sister. So they had this massive home fire. They go out into the front yard. And so who shows up in the front yard is the mother, uh, the father and his friend, um, the son. And the daughter wasn't there. So naturally what happened is the father runs back into the house, but he passes away. Now the the daughter went out the back door, right? So she was safe, but she was in back. Right. So had they had that designated meeting Mm. place and they knew that's where they should go, you know, then it's very, very likely um, that he would be alive to this day. And so I think uh, to that earlier point is making sure you run these drills with them to the degree to which they're good, they comprehend it. Um, And whatever you can teach them do. And for instance, like we have this, the, our house has uh, Alexa devices all over Mm. the voice activated Alexa devices all over the place. And so we can broadcast, we can literally say Alexa broadcast, and then we can say fire, get out of the house, out of here or out of there. Right. So you can be very, very specific. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's so important because the bottom line is that you, you don't know where any one person is going to be when there is a crisis. Well, so. I got, we had a fire, so, oh, wow. but my kids were a little older. They were in the double digits and teens. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was actually really, really funny. We had been renovating and we just had double glazing put in our bedroom. And I'm always a person when I wake up, I immediately assess the sound. You know, before I go react to it, what is it? Then I can deduce what to do. I woke up, got up immediately, went to the window and I was asleep with the window open. And just as I did that, the flames came up and I managed to shut the window before they came in, which they would have caught fire to the curtains and the bed was just a foot away, you know, and it would have been inside. Um, I screened fire. Um, We have one kid upstairs, two kids uh, downstairs. My husband at the time goes downstairs to get the kids out. And, um, and then I go out the front with, with my youngest and then we come around the back to where the main fire is. Mm-hmm. My daughter, her, both of her walls downstairs were uh, aflame. And she got up, 
went out, thought it was a dream and went back to bed. Oh, my goodness. And so it's like, where is she? Where is she? Right. And so you, my ex went in and pulled her out and she was disoriented. But my son ran back into rescue the hamsters. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, yeah. we had just seen the movie Backdraft. Oh, um, really? Okay. And there was, I thought the flames were underneath this extension we had done, and I wanted to open up this hatch, you know, to kind of let the flames out. My son hosed me right, <laughs> to right. make sure I didn't do it, you know, right, right. because he remembered the movie. <laughs> right, right. So, but yeah, I mean, we, the, we didn't have the meat at the front or the back or anything like this, but I thought he's got the older ones. I've got the younger one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but we didn't know that she thought it was a dream because she was already right. kind of getting that carbon dioxide, whatever you get yeah. from the, from the fire there. And um, yeah, it was quite horrific. I don't recommend anybody go through a fire or a flooding, but it is uh, neither one of them are fun at all, but yeah. it is the thing about a fire is that it's so, instant yes. and that it can consume so fast so having that designated um checklist to you know um it's it's very very important because a teenager i want to go back in and get my you know favorite yeah. toy or my game soul yeah. or my this and that and it's to let them know things can be left alone life is more important and that's something yeah. still in them too yeah and i think i think along those lines too i think the tools that, you know, I, I really discuss is because, you know, when, when I was living out back East, we had typical two-story home, just like it sounds like you have. And, um, you know, what, what was terrifying is that we had, you know, everyone was basically sleeping on the top floor. Mm -hmm. And, and when I started to really run through these scenarios and do the research, you know, then I, I ended up getting these fire escape ladders. Mm. I got a, a baby rescue bag, which was developed by firefighters, um, you know, that you can literally take a baby, put them in this bag that's fireproof, and you can lower them down two or more stories. Mm. And the same thing goes for the fire escape ladders, that those things, you know, will just latch right onto the windowsill, and yeah. then you can get out. Is it ideal? No. Are they still, you know, uh, treacherous? There'd be a lot of problems. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's your best shot. Sometimes and, it's uh, the only lifeline, especially if you're in an apartment building. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, you know, yes. because uh, I'm in an apartment building, we have fire escapes. No, none. <laughs> right. Right. None, right. You know, you would have to go down the stairs in the case of a fire. And where do a lot of fires go to? Fire stairs, yeah. right? Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If you are living in a situation like an apartment or in high rise or anything like that, it is assess assess if yeah. uh, if we have to get out of here quickly how do we do it right and as right. you said there's you're not i think what a lot of fear from people is well if we do this drill with our kid, uh, kids we're going to cause fear in them they're going to be afraid yeah and it's like knowledge takes away the fear because yes. it gives you the power to know what to do in the time of a crisis right so you're not making them afraid unless that you come at them with fear Right. you know, oh, right. then yes, right. they're going to be like that. But right. if you come at them in case, if this ever happens, this is what you do. Yeah. And then, then it becomes something, okay, yeah, I know what you do. And kids are so resilient. Oh, yes, yes. You know, when I was doing this with my, my, my two youngest, you know, they, they were scared the first time. So it does pass. I mean, they, because their, their brains are going to start going through this scenario, yes. you know, you have to explain what the smoke, what the smoke does, what the detectors do. So you're really highlighting what can go wrong. And so they will have that process where they go through their, you know, that, that process. 
But then again, it, they'll, they'll be over. I mean, they're yeah. just going to go through it. They might have a nightmare like my daughter, Lana, had. She was, she was, she was four. Um, so about the fire. So because that was in her head. Uh, but then I just explained, I said, you don't have anything to worry about if we follow this procedure, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we're, we've got you, you know, we're, we've got this thing going, you know. And so then you give them that confidence that, you know, we're taking these precautions and that's why we have these detectors all over the place. And whether it's a carbon monoxide detector, we have explosive gas detectors. Now, why is that important? A lot of people haven't even heard of those. And there is one that we highlight in the book, um, anybody can get it on Amazon, but basically what the, the importance of it is, is, and this happened to me with my nanny, with my au pair, um, which really caught my attention because she, I had come home from work and she was taking the kids to the park. I sit down to watch TV, which is right outside where the kitchen is. And I start getting a headache. Mm. Like I just started getting a headache and I was just like, oh, this is, I mean, I felt fine before. Um, and I didn't really smell anything. It just, I mean, something just felt a little off, mm. you know? And, uh, but then the headache started to get a little bit worse. And then the, the when she came home, she opens the door and then I got used to it. Right. She smelled it like she smelled yeah. like gas, the gas smell immediately. And then I think she remembered that she forgot to turn the stove, the stove off. Now the, the gas range, but when you actually look at the gas range, it, the fire was not coming out. Right. But it was just enough to where mm. the gas is coming out, but not the fire. Yes. So that could have been. A major disaster and, yeah. and these explosive gas detectors they will detect not only carbon monoxide but also propane you know methane mm. um so they had i had that installed mm. at the time i would have gotten that alert and what do you think i did i got one and now it's right by the stove right um but it's like really thinking these things through you know yes. and, and, and again yeah. you didn't know now you no, know you share the knowledge right yes. that's what it's yes. all about Absolutely. now you know um I've lost a couple of children in the mall, mm-hmm. right? And which is also a huge scare. You're going to be too young to remember this, but back in the 80s, there was a movie called Adam about a young boy that went missing. I'm not as young as you think. I do remember <laughs> that movie. Yes. Well, my, uh, my daughter was born right yeah. after that. So yeah. well, she was born just before that. I can't remember, but I've, well, yeah. I was pregnant with my second child somewhere around there, but enough to be on the alert. And uh, the first time, um, I am very pregnant and my, we went shopping with my, with my husband to get clothes and I was picking clothes out for him and the, my youngest, who was 20, nearly 21 months at the time, was in the changing room with him. And mm-hmm. I come back and he comes out and I said, where is she? No, she's with you. No, no, she was with you. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, he is, uh, was a psychology major. I immediately think of Adam. <laughs> you know, yeah, of I go out and grab a security guard and immediately put everything on alert. And he stopped and goes, ah, we passed a Christmas tree on the way in. And he mm. went and sure enough, there she was. Mm. But w- w- another time, my son got distracted and then followed the wrong stroller because I had his oh. younger sister in the stroller. But what I always told them was this. Don't talk to a stranger. Go into a store. In the store, you tell them you're lost. They phone security. I go to security. Security now knows where they are. Right. right? In, this, in the store, you've got the shopkeepers who will mind them right. and bring the right thing. 
And it was always to my kids, you don't stop and ask anybody, where's my mummy or anything like that. Right. You go into a store. So right. when it happened again, they were a bit older. They went into the store mm -hmm. and, and the connection was made. And it was like, right. oh, my God, they listened. Yeah. <laughs> they retained it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th I think I was probably anchored in that experience, too. It's like yeah. that must have been so scary, you know, so they yes. probably once they had that directive, it, it was anchored. It was ready. Yes. They were ready for that at that point. But uh, yeah, and a lot of times the kids will actually hide just, um, you know, the clothes racks. They'll go yes. right in the center yes. of it and be yes. throwing it around or whatever it is. So to your point with the psychology majors, like, OK, what where would they probably yeah. go, yeah. you know, while putting everybody else on alert? Right. Um, yes. And then actually, you know, it's funny you say that, too, is, is you know, one of the things that um, was really interesting as we did this whole series with a, um, a swimming series. So basically, you know, you should start learning how to swim as early as six months old, mm -hmm. start that whole process. Mm -hmm. And the woman who, you know, um, who I connected with, we did some videos with her, uh, her and her daughter, uh, Therese, um, you know, she was saying, you know, a lot of times when, if you're in your home and for some reason you can't, you can't immediately find them, like they've, they've gone somewhere, or let's say they went down for a nap, they woke up earlier and snuck out somehow. A lot of times parents will start looking under beds yeah. or looking in closets. And she says, that's not the thing to do. She says, check water sources mm. first, because if you think about it, you know, a child under the, I think it's a child, um, you know, under 30 pounds can drown in 30 seconds or less. Right. Right. So they've, they've had drownings and just literally dog, yes. you know, dog. Yes bowls, you know, yeah. water bowls and stuff like that. So, and their heads are top, head, they're, they're top heavy, heavy with their heads. They could dip yeah. right into a toilet. I mean, you name it. So she says, check water sources first, then do the parameter. And of course, and just like you said, with, with the, the security, whoever is in the house, mobilize them. I mean, if you have yes. other siblings and then even yes. if you have an Alexa, yeah, you know, you can say, you know, the name of your child is, you know, uh, let's go look for it real quick, you know, check the front door, you know, I'll check water sources. You start mobilizing yeah. a team. And so having those basic things set up in your house, I mean, there's so, I mean, the Alexa echo shows now are, you know, 40 bucks or 30, and yes. you can do really yes. have an amazing system for under a hundred dollars in your mm. house. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah my, my son-in-law is busy setting everything up as to be automatic, the lights, the doors, the this, the that, and it, and it, you know, it could be Alexa, lock the front door, make sure they're not going out, Yeah. you know, because let's face it, they're inquisitive little creatures, yes. you know, and it's like, uh, I, oh, I can reach the door now, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, what's outside, you <laughs> yeah. know, or I want to go to the park again, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter, it's six blocks away and over several streets, right, you know, right. uh, they, they don't register that, they just remember fun. Right, and I adventure. want that fun again. So, it, you know, the thing is, I think also remember, where were you recently that they enjoyed? Right, right. Because you generally find them back there. Right, right. Even a, even a neighbor's pool. Yes. You know, there was this there's this video that we were, you know, when I was doing my research and it was a um, a father who had left a message for his swimming instructor. So it's one of these things, just like when you watch backdraft and then this happened, it was very synchronous, like it's very synchronous. So this this guy started to take his uh, son to a swim class and uh, in that swim class he was taught how to roll on his back. If he was ever having a problem, just roll on your back right. and just stay there, you know, and then you won't be drowning. Like you just, right. just go on your back. And so that little technique that yes. they, they learned in school, what ended up, or, or in that, yeah, in that swim school, what ended up happening is this father left this message where he was thanking the swim school for just that technique. And then he started to cry. 
because what had happened is they didn't have a pool, right? So a lot of parents are like, oh, I don't have a pool, so I don't have to worry about, right. you know, learning how to think about your neighbor's pools are extremely yeah. attractive. Mm -hmm. So their son actually went to their neighbor's pool and then got stuck basically. And he didn't know how to swim other than one lesson, but he didn't remember turning on his back. Mm. So to your point, where would he go? Right. right. And so that's where they went. And then if he didn't have that technique, he would have drowned for sure. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, and to but this, your, this, this yeah. is an, an instinctual survival thing in a child. Yeah. And if yeah. they've got a, a knowledge along with that survival, the two kick in. Right. 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 And right. you know, it's a, uh, lie on my back. They don't remember why. It's just right, lie on right. my back. And the instincts <laughs> yeah. are there, lie on my back. And then I'm on my back. Oh, I'm floating. You right. know, and it, it's, uh, it, again, you know, we, we underestimate our kids on how smart they are because they really right. are extremely clever. But what they haven't yet deduced is what is dangerous, what isn't, you right. know, what is good, what is bad and all of that. That is something we teach them. Right. right? So right. it is very, very important. Um, I started um, a sex education program in a, a, a not a preschool, but um, a play group before preschool. Okay. And I got an awful lot of flack mm -hmm. from the mothers <laughs> to our children. And then she yeah. came in, she talked about the body parts. These are yours. Nobody else can touch them without your permission right. Right. and all of that. And then it ended up having her every year yeah. and, and, you know, being grateful for the child because the children afterwards, no, you can't touch. And right. it's like they're respecting their body. And right. it's, and it's sad that we right. have to teach them these things, yeah. but we do. And yeah. don't underestimate of how much they can take in. Oh, yes. Right. It's in yeah. your delivery. Simplify. Make it a play type thing. Um, mm -hmm. And when you make it a game type thing, they're going to remember it more. But there are certain dangers we have to teach them about. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like language. It's yeah. like I, re I remember one of my mentors said, you know, how many, how many kids do you, how many languages do you think a, a child can learn? Mm -hmm. And he said, as many as you'll teach them. Yes. Right. So the, they are little recording devices yeah. until they're, you know, about seven or eight years old. They're just, con they're just recording everything, you yeah. know, and their ability to, I mean, you'll, you know, this, I mean, you've had times when you've probably said something you shouldn't and then they'll oh. pop it off like two weeks <laughs> yeah. later, yes. you know, it's like, Whoa, where'd they come from? And you yeah, knew exactly. it was you, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you they're, they're listening. They're they are absorbing. In everything yeah. and they know when to bring it back out at you yeah there's another case in point um it is extremely dangerous to fight in front of your kids but at the mm -hmm. same time i think it's healthy for people for the kids to know mommy and daddy are having a disagreement right right doesn't mean we don't love each other we're just having right. a disagreement this is how we work a disagreement out right because right. if they think everything is all holier than thou all the time yeah and then they have a disagreement with their siblings or friends yeah. They don't know how to navigate it. But right. as adults, we've got to remember there's little eyes on us. Yeah. Right? And our disagreement has to be civil because right. that's what they're going to be learning. Right, right. And I think this goes back to also um, Dr. Jordan Peterson, you know, is, is very, very popular. He's a very popular author. And he was talking about just making sure that even for your kids, just playing with other kids at the, in the playground, playing with other kids at the park, mm -hmm. you know, and they really need to know how to navigate those situations. Yes. And they said, if they don't know how to navigate that by the time they're four years old, they're at a really, really severe disadvantage going forward. Yeah. So I was lucky enough, you know, to, to, you know, listen to what he said and hear what he said. 
I think when Lana was probably about two or maybe one or two. And so don't you know, like our trips to the park, like went up exponentially after that. <laughs> yeah. And now she goes out and so does my son Marcus, like they, they, they were sort of introverted before. Mm. And now they're like the little mayor of the park. Right. <laughs> and so, they, they, you know, they have a ton of friends yeah. and it's basically, you know, you really want your child to, um, that other kids are happy to see them and yes. want to play with them. That's going to, that's going to send ripples throughout the rest of their life. You know, what happens right now? Right. Um, so, and, and that information we're feeding them to your point is, is so multifaceted, you know, um, to, to not, not to hide stuff, you know, you but to, also that yeah. the teaching of empathy, you know, um, yes. numerous shows on narcissism and narcissism mm -hmm. can come about five, six or seven, not children. It's all about me, myself, and I it's, it's their survival. Everything is about them, but the sooner you can teach them to be kind, soft touch, be respectful, have empathy for people. You can't teach them that young enough as far as I'm concerned, right? right. Uh, and the more you teach them of that and that, you know, if, if you're going to get into a fight, it isn't to kill. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rumble, right? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's not about you, you know, right. it's, it's, a, it's about the us. And yeah. uh, the narcissism comes about from a, a child who's not been taught empathy that right. is still striving for approval, striving to, to be respected or valued, and it's still all about them. Right. And, right. and then there's a few poster uh, <laughs> children out there and adults that are dictators around the world that are really, right. you know, a key narcissists that become psychopaths. Right. And so right. teaching our children kindness and empathy and also what to do in a situation when something happens like you know you may not be around but the the brothers or sisters or the friends of something may may happen yeah and not to be scared or uh, even if they don't know what to do that certainly that kindness and caring setting in letting know that that person they care for them uh, or calling out for mom and dad but it's important they know that isn't it Yes. And in fact, it's, 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 it's funny you say that because, you know, I've had mixed reactions to what I'm about to say, but I, I've encouraged because we have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Those are my two youngest. And, and my six-year-old is like, he, he watches his sister like a hawk mm -hmm. and it's not always with the best intentions, right? <laughs> so it's sort of like he, he throws her under the bus immediately for everything she does. But, but what I love about it and I encourage him, um, I basically, what I'm thinking is like, right now throw each other under the bus so we know if there's a problem right mm. and then you're going to have each other's back as you get older right so right. we're at some point we're going to transition yes but from a safety perspective like we were talking about before we started is is you know kids will seek and find danger 100 of the time and my daughter lana i mean she it's it's a it's a difference with me from the standpoint of a father becoming certified in cpr mm -hmm. you know to becoming somebody who says just being certified in CPR is not enough for this girl. Right. I need to become a CPR instructor. Right. <laughs> I need to learn like just next level stuff. And that's what I did. So it's like, it, it, because she is, it's just extraordinary. You, you, things that you would never think of. And, and I have a history of 26 years of being an investigator, mm -hmm. um, working on civil Supreme and federal court cases very, very complex cases, mm -hmm. such as like a, a, a crane falls in Manhattan and people are killed. We go right. in there with a team and find out well, who's liable for what, Right. you know, do the research on a plaintiff. So, so that's what I took when I was uh, working on my book is, mm -hmm. is taking this issue because it's really, uh, you know, the statistics are just heartbreaking. So yes. 
nearly a million children worldwide will not make it to the age of five. Mm. I mean, really think about that. In the U.S., it's about 8,000 or, or nearly one per hour. Mm. It's, I mean, and, and these are from, this is not you know, from war, famine, or disease. No. No. It's from accidental injuries, mm-hmm. most of which could have been prevented. And so when I was looking at that statistic and saying, well, why, well, why is this? You know, and then really start breaking down what can, what are a set of solutions and it all comes back really to the parents yes. and then by extension, the grandparents who, as you know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, we have a lot of dual income, you know, families yes. now. And so the grandparents are actually taking care of the kids. So they need to know just as much as the parents do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I have a whole series called the forgotten children series, and there's mm-hmm. going to be um, a book coming out, a collaborative book on that. And it's very, very close to my heart about how we raise our children. Uh, and I look at every child as a gift and how we raise mm-hmm. our children is who they're going to be as adults. And right. we really, let's face it, we have a very dysfunctional society out there yes. right now. It's very much about divide and hate and differences when we should be over that right by yeah. now yeah. and look at inclusivity and unity and coming together. And uh, our children have got it. You know, they play with all colors, all, yeah. all demographics. They don't yeah. care. They're just going no. for the vibe. Yeah. Right. And as we grow up, we become this segregated people that start judging people left, right and center. And it, uh, it's very detrimental to to our mind, body, hearts and souls and to our society as a whole. And you see an awful lot of children growing up um, really, really hurt physically, emotionally. But also one of the big things is neglect. Yes. And a neglected child is a child that is just as you said, there's danger around them all the time. They look for that danger. Mm -hmm. And a neglected child, when somebody isn't isn't able to watch them, because mom and dad, we've got two jobs, or single mom, uh, grandma is tired, you know, she didn't want to sign up for this again, (laughs) right? And it's, it's, uh, if they don't know, you know, it can be very exhausting. And I think more resources have to go into our children in the, in the education, which needs to change in family support, in family uh, education, as far as, you know, the dangers out there, what they can do. We don't want blame and shame. Right. If they didn't know what to do, how yeah. they didn't do it deliberately. It's just right. they didn't know what to do or they didn't know this was a bad move. Right. Right. So the more we educate parents right from the beginning and show our support for them. Mm-hmm. These are the safety measures. This is this, you know, your child needs love, but also needs boundaries and discipline, needs to know the dangers. You yeah. need to be aware of the dangers and, and teach them those dangers along the way and what you can do in situations, the more we empower them to be better parents. Right, right. And th- these little tools too, you'll find that they'll be sharing them with their uh, classmates. Yes. You know, I mean, something yes. as simple as like when we talk about choking, for instance, with my kids, you know, the, the diameter of the windpipe is about that of a drinking straw. Mm-hmm. So think about the size of that. You know, it's like I did a whole video on this. I mean, you just literally look at the, the drinking straw. And so when you think about the, you know, the, the most common choking hazards, you know, being hot dogs, popcorn, mm-hmm. cherry tomatoes, grapes. Yes. They're, they're circular. Yes. You know, they're circular and they go right. If, if the windpipe yeah. is circular and you, you put something circular on top of it, what happens? It plugs up. Yeah. Um, and so what I love about that is like if, if Lana, my youngest, starts getting into something, that, such as popcorn or something, right? So, so if, a, if a nanny comes by and she's making popcorn and doesn't really pay attention like we've told her to do, Marcus will be the one mm. who will point that out. And then when we go to a birthday party, 
he he's like watching this stuff yeah and he'll come over and say hey you know and, and he'll give them this little tool and then the parents will end up coming over to us and being like where did he learn that you know and then we'll have a conversation right. but they they're they're taking that information yes. in and it's and it's you know there are so many amazing stories mm. of the siblings yes rescuing their, their yes their, you know, and not the, even not the, parents. the parents yes yeah. yes no, no. the parents can be right there mm -hmm. you know and they'll sort of instinctively i think to some point will know what to do but then um you know at, at the very at the very least they can alert you to a problem if you are one of these like we're talking about distracted parents and what i say to parents is like if you're if you're looking down at your phone that means you're not looking up at your kids right right so there's a time for everything Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I guarantee you, whatever's on your phone, most likely is not an emergency. Right. Right. And what are you teaching your kids if you're perpetually on your phone? Yeah. That they're less important. Right. The phone is more important. Right. And, and eventually you go and get them a phone and it becomes the most important thing. That's right. Right. And really, quite honestly, with children, play is one of the most important things because that's how job. they learn. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Through play, they learn. Yeah. They learn the do's and the don'ts, the limits, uh, the, the how far they can go and how much they can do. And we need to step up and let them be the children they're meant to be and make their own self-discovery through play. Right, right. And I think thing. that goes by, that, you know, that goes back to sort of, I mean, I want to I want to kind of stress too. It's like, I want to, I don't want to, I want to make sure I'm not pointing forward to be a helicopter parent so much, mm. like be paranoid all right. the time. I really encourage situational awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, going into a scenario, really being situationally aware, and then actually watching. Yes. Right. I mean, there was a there was a German talk. We talked earlier about drowning, which we talked about. You know how we think of our children being a certain age, and we're like, okay, now we're we're good. Yeah. Right. They're they're going to be fine. Uh, but drowning is is the one of the leading causes of childhood deaths up to the age of nineteen. Yes. So in it, well, look heavy. at birthday parties. One of the real yeah. big statistics of a mm -hmm. number of children in a pool. And oh, yeah. somebody's not paying attention, you know, a kid gets kicked and momently black out. And the next thing you know, where is that kid at the bottom of the pool? Yeah, yeah. This actually happened to my, uh, one of my dad's, uh, my dad was a pastor of a church and they went to, they had a, a pool party. And, um, you know, it was so sad because they had a full pool. Mm. I mean, everybody's full and there was parents all around the perimeter of the pool and a child drowned. Right. And so, you know, if you, if you don't have, that's why we, we encourage a designated water watcher. Yes. Yes. But you have to rotate them. You can't yes. just rely on one person. And then, but you, you really still need to take it to another level and understand that even if you designate somebody as a water watcher, there are so many videos as well where you literally have a lifeguard up here yeah. and somebody's drowning right under him. Right. So they're still your kids, you know? Yes. So if you really want to, make sure they're okay, you know, have that other set of eyes or just, just be helping them out. You rotate. know, it, it could be, uh, you parent watch these three kids, right. keep your eye on these three kids. You watch right. these three kids. And instead of somebody having to watch the whole pool, which is Correct. damn hard with yeah. bobbing up and down, yeah. right, all you have to do is keep your eye on those three kids right. and ask those three kids to stay together so that you can yeah. keep a good eye on them. Right. 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 Yeah, situationally aware. Just really yes. identify what can you do to keep the, the situation as safe as possible. We want and them then to have course, fun, yeah. but safe fun. Of course, of course. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're watching them, they can basically do pretty much whatever they normally do. Right. 
you know, um, it's just a matter of making sure that you you have eyes on them. Yeah. There's a German, there's a German study. I meant to bring this up is there was a German study and they were, they were analyzing the recent amount of deaths that were increasing. And their one of their conclusions was it was from distracted parents. Mm. And it, I mean, think about that and literally having that on you as a parent that you were on your phone and yeah. your child drowned. Right. So it's just like, yes. that's, you know, we talk about our whys, mm. right? So, you know, what happened with, with myself and Marcus is, you know, after he choked and I panicked, I didn't know what to do. Um, I got lucky. I mean, luck saved him, not mm. me. Yeah. Right. And so um, it's actually destiny to redirect you to doing what you're doing now. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really was. I, I, I did get lucky. And, and um, you know, and my why really is if you, when you go through that, yeah. you, you're immediately not only you start crying because you're so grateful. Yes. Then the crying turns into embarrassment and then anger. Yes. Because it's like at the time, it's like, how can I have four kids Mm. and not know something so basic? Mm -hmm. And in doing the research, there's, there's so many, like there's some, like this podcast going for three hours, but you know, why is this? And and it, and it turns out that about 72% of parents aren't even aware of the fact that childhood deaths are, are in these numbers and that they're from these unintentional injuries or accidental injuries. But why injuries. is it in 2022 that hospitals aren't handing out the, the emergency book, the, the manual book, the, you know, the things to be aware of in the first two years of life? You know, why are we not um, being... <laughs> Where is the focus? You know, we've okay. got focuses on celebrities and this and that and wars and on God knows what other crap going on. But yeah. where is the focus on do not expect just because we've given birth that we know it all. Instinctually, a lot comes into play. But the dangers out there, what to do with them? You expect us to know this? No, yeah. there should be something handed out with every parent new parent well we happen sarah um so happy you said that because we happen to be going in for our first meeting at a hospital soon Mm. so what i wanted to do to your point is you know when my when both of my kids were born um on the east coast nearly right after we uh my my wife gave birth um this woman came in from this company uh, called bella baby photography and she wanted to take pictures of the baby. So the hospital had actually given her permission to come in and then ask parents if they wanted to have pictures of their baby taken. Mm-hmm. Now we were exhausted mm-hmm. and I'm just like, no, absolutely not. Like, like we, we just, we're, we're not thinking about photography right now. I said, but come back tomorrow, you know, and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll see where we are at that point. So she returns the next day and we were, we slept, you know, and we're like, absolutely. And she ended up taking the most amazing pictures of the baby. And what I thought, what I thought about at that point was a couple of things was, you know, we are at our highest level of anxiety that we'll ever be in, in the hospital, because we know that within about 48 hours or 72 hours, we have to actually take this baby home. And even after having four kids, I wasn't less freaked out on the right kid, (laughs) right? It doesn't happen. So when I thought about the process, like how can we actually make a difference? That's why, you know, going into hospitals to me worldwide is going Mm. to be huge for Mm. us because they, they, I mean, everything down to, you know, how to safely swaddle your baby, you know, that, that, that in and of itself is something that you can see a nurse do it a thousand times. 
And then you, you does it fold come this way? Wait, yeah. do I do this? And if you don't get that right, the increased risk of SIDS is through the roof, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, having this education start in the hospital, yeah. so they have that confidence when they go home and have it via video. And so that's how we created our masterclass. Yes. And we're just getting started. We, mm-hmm. we want to really partner with hospitals and have nurses also create mm-hmm. sort of frequently asked questions that nurses hear but also should ask questions, right? What should parents be asking before they come home and then giving them access to that. So when they go home, they have this like video library, you know, of everything from how to create a safe sleep environment, you know, which is huge. Um, and, and then of course it follows them. Yeah. There's no, there's no age that a parent's not going to want to know how to save their child's life. Right. No. So with our masterclass, we don't have an expiration on it. Mm. We're just like, you have it and you have it as long as you, you know, God willing, you have as long as possible. You know, I mean, give it to, give it to them, you know, to give yes, it to their own friends. Yes. Yeah. You know, one child, two child, three child, and then pass it on to brother and sister or having kids. Right. You know, that's the whole thing is that as long as the knowledge is getting out there. You know, right. the other thing is you see parents shaking their kids yeah. and it's like, a little too much yeah yeah calm yeah. it down please you know there's yeah. a difference between the shaking and shaking syndrome yes. you know yes. and it, <laughs> uh, you know it may not be too much and yeah. it's like if, if you do any harm to your child yes immediately you feel i'm a bad mother i'm a bad father you know and you spend the time then ridiculing yourself and right. instead of like uh, well why didn't i know this right and what else do i not know and how do i get the information Right. And I think that that brings up another fantastic point is a lot of times what they'll do. I have a, a, a part of my book that says, you know, while everything can be Googled, mm. not everything should be Googled. Right. Right. And the same goes for YouTube, which is owned by Google. Right. So right. it's obviously fantastic. Google's fantastic. But when it comes specifically to child safety, baby safety, you type in like how to save a, a baby from choking, like you're going to get like millions of results, number one. If you go onto YouTube, you could get hundreds of videos that say, you know, it could be somebody who just learned the skill and made a YouTube video. You don't know right. if it's up to date from a certified instructor. Yes. You know, I mean, so people are going to YouTube and to Google for some of the wrong reasons. So I think, you know, in that you good you intentions, can, good wrong intentions. Avenue. Yeah. Right. And then like for like, for instance, you know, um, a mother will say, you know, like, well, I learned how to save my baby from choking on YouTube. And I say, OK, let's let's walk through this process here. Let's walk through it because they can be stubborn sometimes that, that they think they learn something. Yeah. Right. And so I said, let me give you a scenario and let's see how we go with this. Let's take your baby who you just learned, for instance, that they're uh, how to save them from choking. And let's just say theoretically it's up to date. It's by a certified instructor, right? How to save your baby from choking. And so that's the information that you got. And let's say that it's past 48 hours and you just, you're one of the top 10% of people who can remember things past 48 hours, not panic. Okay. So let's just say all those things are in place. I said, what if it doesn't work? She says, what do you mean? I said, what if the object that the baby was choking on went too far down and didn't come out when you were doing the back slaps? Mm or the chest, what if it doesn't come out? I said, did you also watch the video about how to perform baby CPR? Now here's the second part. I said, how you save a baby in choking in CPR and how you save a child in choking in CPR are two entirely different skill sets. Yes. 
So once they hit, and it's identified by the age. So over the age of one, you're technically considered to be a child. So you also have to make sure that you update that after they turn one and you understand the differences between the two. And then remember those differences. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's this, and she, you know, her eyes got big because she saw, you know, that you There's can't a lot more rely to on it. that. There's yeah. a lot more to it. Mm. It is so nuanced, mm. you know, that it's the difference between life and death. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we don't want to hear, you know, the biggest fear of a parent is a child going before you. Right. Yeah. And, oh. you know, yeah. people say, do you play yeah. the lottery? And I said, my luck is all on my children. You know, they're alive, healthy and well and enjoying life. That's that's my lottery as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, they've, they've certainly put me through it. Um, oh, I'm yes. going to give you a little tip here, which, uh, of course, my son of Elizabeth says he's going to love. Well, my kids laugh when I mention this. But do you know about the boiled egg treatment? No, never heard okay. of it. OK, kids fall down, they get bruises. Right. You take a hard boiled egg and while it's still hot, take the shell off and apply the hard, hot egg to the area. Okay. At first they go, ouch, and then it's ah soothing. And there's an enzyme in the egg that brings the bruising right out. And oh, it'll take wow. it from first stage right to last stage. And it works every time. So no, kids kidding. are going to get noggins and bruises and of they're course. going to get it when they're older for different reasons. But right, this right. hard boiled egg. <laughs> works so you, you de-shell it immediately when it's hot and you rub the hot uh, egg over the area mm -hmm. when the egg is cold throw it away don't eat it right. and, uh, <laughs> and it, it works it's just an enzyme in the egg that draws the bruising right out and it's uh, because the actual bruise can really really hurt people yes. don't think that oh you know tough got a bruise no bruises hurt as yes. the healing so yeah. if you can take away the pain of that and heal it faster why not right right that's fantastic. A mother's tip. Yeah, well, you know what? You know, I love that you said that because we have a chapter in our book called um, "Parent," uh, um, really a parent awareness. You know, mm. like a, awareness as a skill, mm. and I call it the million little things. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, there is when you when you look at an, an event that happens, there's usually a million little things that went wrong for that event to actually right. happen. And so there are some of these tips, and we would get tips from mothers, we get it from, from, you know, ER nurses, we get them from like, my good friend um, is an EMT in New York. And uh, so when you were talking about the, the lighting of the house, mm. you know, we, we, we did a video on that too, because, you know, he was basically, I was, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, my, my EMT friend, he said, he says, yeah, he says, we use, when we go to, to on an emergency, we actually use um, like you go either Google Maps mm. or, you know, another popular GPS app is Waze, right? W-A-Z-E, right. right? I use Waze all the time. And he says, we actually use those to go find the houses. He says, but the problem is, he says, you know, I mean, how many times have you used one of these GPS apps and like you haven't gone, you haven't actually ended up where you wanted to end up, number one. But number two, he said, what they have to do is when they get onto the street, they have to start scanning to find the numbers on the house, Yes. Or on the mailbox. Yes. He says so many times the house, the lights to, to conserve energy are turned off. Right. And then on the mailbox, they don't have a full address, the numbers on the mailbox, and they can't see it from the street. I so then yes. <laughs> they're looking at neighbors yeah. and then the neighbors don't. Have, and so he says it's it's causing delays. So one of the things yeah. we talk about in our babysitter checklist is, is one of the things that I'd like to give away to anybody listening um, is, you know, really encourage, not encourage, tell, basically direct. That's another thing. Don't, you are your child's advocate. Be yeah. direct. Yes. It's like if somebody were, you know, uh, you needed to perform CPR 
and you're in a public place, you in the plaid shirt, go call 911 and get an AED, right? right. You have to, you because yeah. everybody's, when people are around children, they're very emotional. Yes. And they will panic. Right. right? So you have to, but if you call someone out specifically and direct them to do something, they will do it. Only too happy to do it. Because oh, you've oh, given them an instruction exactly. that doesn't make them feel paralyzed watching what they're watching. They feel right. that they're helping. In You're some empowering way, right? them. Yes. You're empowering them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's just one of those things that's a huge, just being your child's advocate is yeah. so important. So back to the delighting thing is, is if you have somebody, a caregiver coming over, direct them. Say, listen, leave the lights on, on the house, full house, you know, leave the lights on outside. Um, because it's, if it's illuminated and then it's your job as the parent, of course, to make sure that the address is clearly seen. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other thing too, about babysitters is that, you know, I don't know about you, but you know, we haven't had a landline in our house, mm -hmm. which is basically a phone attached to the wall right. for years. Right. We all have cell phones. Yes. Well, here's the problem, which I think, you know, where I'm probably going with this is that if you were to call 911 from your landline, they know where you are. Right. They know your address, but we usually don't do that, right? We'll call from our cell phones. Our cell phones do not provide them with accurate location data. So if the first question they're going to ask you is, where are you calling from? What, what location? Now, when you go over to your house, you know how to get to your yes. son or your daughter's house, but do you know their address? Right. Now, maybe you do, but does like a, your typical babysitter, probably not. And so there's a, you know, um, if you go to ourchildskeeper.com slash 911, um, we have this video, which was amazing. And, and, and part of this video was there was a reporter who was having a conversation with a, um, a director of a 911 dispatch center, right? And they're having this conversation overlooking all the dispatchers for 911. And he takes his cell phone and he was making a point about cell phones. He calls 911, it gets routed to that dispatch center, and he says, I'm a reporter for NBC News. He says, um, can you tell me what address I'm calling from? She gives him an address that's about a quarter mile away. Right. And he's standing in the dispatch yeah. center. He can see her. Right. And, and because it's, it's basically going off the nearest cell phone tower. So, and of course, in the movies or yeah. the TV shows, they know exactly where you are because... Google has given the exact point, but right. you know, um, I know that um, whenever my address comes up on Google, it's it's always at least half an hour away, different yeah. time altogether, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, that is, uh, this is an emergency. This has happened. This is the address. Blur it out. Exactly. <laughs> at first, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, the point of the checklist also is to have a central document mm. that they can refer to. Right. It has your cell phone number, your wife's cell phone number, your mm. partner, whoever it is. You know, and it has all this basic information, but it's nuanced. Yeah. You know, it is nuanced. And so when somebody initially sees the checklist, they're like, oh, this is very basic stuff. It's like, yeah, but if you don't know this basic stuff, you're in trouble. Right. right? And what and happens so, when, yeah. when you're in a panic? You, you know, immediately, I don't know what to do. Well, right. this is ABCs of what I do. That's right. Hey, 911. Right. That's right. right. It's it's right next to the phone or it's right it's on the refrigerator, yeah. or wherever it is. This is what's you know, happened. This is the yeah. address. Please call the parent. Right. This number. Right. right. Tell me what to do. Right. And immediately you are asking for help. And immediately they now know have the information in which they can turn around and help you. So it's the same thing as if something's happening in a mall and you're telling somebody in the plaid shirt. That's right. You're, you're saying this is the information. Tell me what to do. 
Right. And then and also one is now know what to do. A hundred percent. And I think the other thing too, that, and, and again, when you're looking for different solutions, you can have a checklist, but then how can you take that to another level? The another level is have them come over 15 minutes early and then watch the masterclass that yeah. is age specific to how to save your child from choking, how to perform CPR. You can do it in seven minutes. Mm. Right. And so, and then have that computer there, you know, you, then they can watch it. And then make sure they understand what it is. So you're you're taking, and then it's, that's what is it, an extra fifteen minutes. Give them an extra five dollars. Exactly. Uh, you know, and then and then they can actually have it on their computer as well. They can actually access it themselves. And so that, so what we're saying, we're not saying don't call nine one one. We're saying call nine one one hundred percent of the time, but we can't rely on it because right. we have to understand, like the average response time of nine one one here in the U.S. is ten over ten minutes. Right. So a child, if they're choking, could be unconscious within less than two minutes. Right. Same thing goes for an adult, right? So, so that's about how much oxygen we have stored up that we can, you know, again, that's really depends on what you were just doing. You know, you might've been out of breath and you don't have two minutes. So, and again, because 911 is an auditory system, mm-hmm. we're right back to the thing of we need to be calm. Great. But that's not going to happen most likely. And then we need to understand what we're being told, you know? And so, and I can tell you, if we, if you just go through like how to save a baby from choking and you're talking about, you know, do five back slaps in between their shoulder blades, you know, at a 45 degree angle, you know, where they're, they're, you know, their, their feet are higher than their head, their head are lower than their feet. So you're basically using gravity, right? So, and then you're doing chest compressions, which are one and a half inches down or a third of the depth of the baby's chest. Like think about these commands coming at you while you're panicking right. and the yes. baby is drooling and losing content. Yeah. Like, but if you know these things, you know, and you've, and you've, you've really taken the time, you know, to make sure that the, whoever's taking care of your kids understand what to do, then you're going to, and when you're on the phone with 911, you're going to have that ability to process that. And, and that's why I said, even if you know a hundred percent what you're doing, you still call 911. They might say, well, why? I, I save them. Okay, well, what you are don't they choking? Residual, yeah. <laughs> well, the residual number one is like, with the back slaps, that's usually fine because you know, they're, they're so resilient, as you know, children are so resilient that way. But what did they choke on? Right. Did it lacerate their esophagus? Did yes. it, I mean, you don't know what damage right. that could have caused. So you still, you know, so, so that's another tip for you as well is whatever the object is, keep it. And, you know, if you have to go somewhere to the ER or something like that, as opposed to the EMS arriving before you leave, bring it with you so they yes. know what it is they choke on. There's another thing that you could do. Um, the babysitter comes over, you put the video on uh, along with the kid and you take a doll. Yeah. All right. Let's save your doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You're watching yeah. the video refresher. The kid's watching the video subliminally going into the mind and they're, they're putting it in on their doll. Right. No, no, you do it this way, you do it that way. Let's do this. Let's say, oh, your dollar saved, you know? Right, right, right. And you've right. made it a game, but it's it's planting those wonderful seeds if you do it a few times, that it's there. It's right. there in the mind, right? right. And, and but the other thing is is having, you know, immediately there's something happening to the child. What do you do? Don't go to Google, you know, have this particular immediate thing on your phone, choking, yeah. clip, what do I do? The steps are there. You know what to do immediately. Do you have that ability for people to do that? Yeah. So, so we're, we're very, very close to, I can't announce it here, uh, but I love to come back when I can, uh, because we're, I'd I'd say probably about six weeks away, Mm. Um, but something a little bit even cooler than that. 
Ooh. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're super excited about that. So again, we're not just saying, okay, here's a book, right. you know, again, because then you're saying it, the book is really meant to motivate people to take the next step. Mm. And the next step is the masterclass, right? It's to actually learn these skills and they, they can look at it. They can watch these, these classes 24 seven from, you know, it's on demand anywhere from, you know, anytime from any device, right. Ha and engage your caregivers to do that as well. But the, the key thing here, and I'm glad you brought this up, is, is about, you know, having a doll. Mm. And, you know, when we talk about getting certified in CPR, right, um, the masterclass is really to refresh your skills. We're not saying don't get certified in CPR. Right. We're saying getting certified in CPR is not enough mm. because of our memories. Right. You're going to forget. And usually these, depending on what country you're in, these certifications can last for two years. Mm -hmm. Well, some shouldn't last for a week, mm -hmm. you know, like give somebody a week, a quiz after a week. And I guarantee you 99% of them are going to fail. So for us, it's like, and, and, and the reason I bring up the certification is it's so important for parents still to go get certified because of the mannequins that you're doing compressions on, you need to feel, you know, what it's like on an actual, because the mannequins these days that we have for our, our CPR, um, you know, videos and stuff, like they have lungs in them. Right. And they have like a little meter, a meter that can tell you if you're compressing fast enough or you're going too slow or it's not deep enough. Right. So if you're not doing it deep enough, if you're just doing these chest compressions and it's just going in like, you know, a half an inch because you think, oh, I don't want to, you know, um, injure my child, you know, like that, that's, that's a serious problem. No, you need to get deep. You know, you need to be in a one and a half inches on a baby, you know, down on their breastbone, just, just above their nipple line. And, and then that's the way you're going to, because they need that. Right. You need to be pumping in this, this blood, you know, this is oxygen to the, the brain, lungs, and organs in order to do that you need to have significant compressions. So the way you're going to feel that is going to be on those mannequins, you know? Um, yeah. Which is, then you have that knowledge there. I mean, I know that for, for parents is to be absolutely petrified of pressing down on the rib cage in case they break the rib cage. Right. And right. then punch her lung or punch her the heart or punch her anything else with what the rib cage is there to protect. So right. I know that a lot of people it's, you know, they're dealing with the moment, but at the same time petrified, they do it wrong. They're going right. to cause more damage. Right. Well, that's, that's sort of the, the myth, you know, about that, you know, because, you know, you can, you can cause damage, for instance, you know, for, you know, performing child skills on a baby. Right. But at the, at the bottom line with CPR is that you're, you know, the, they are so resilient that the thing that you don't want to do is to have them pass away from not doing enough or, and then thinking you're doing too much and injuring something that they can, they, they can heal from. Right. right? You can't heal if you pass away, right? right. So exactly. the key is to, but again, that, that goes right back to sort of the progression for a parent. I highly encourage, you know, get certified in CPR, but understand I'm not going to rely on that. That's great. I'm going to get the feel of it. I'm going to get some knowledge here, probably not going to remember it and then access something like a masterclass like we have, um, whether it's from us or anybody else, it's fine, but access classes from a certified instructor watch them on a regular basis. You know, if you can do it every month at the very least, like I said, you can get it done in like seven minutes, right? Yeah. It's not asking a lot. Right. Um, and then, you know, like the book really trying to highlight a lot of the things that parents have never heard of before. Like I wasn't interested in writing a book that was about, you know, like just some basic manual on CPR, mm -hmm. right? It's important to have some of those things in there, but what are some of the things that parents are not thinking about? you know, that they've never heard of before. They're like, holy cow. Like, for instance, like one of the biggest ones is never feed your child while they're in the car seat. 
Mm-hmm. I did that for all my kids. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I, you just like, Hey, we're going on a car ride. Here's some, but, yeah. but like I said, you know, then you learn, you know? And so that, and the parents are like, wait, what you like, like, don't I'm like, no, you know, I said, and if you are going to feed, because I, I explained choking is a silent event, Right. You know, if they, th- what you think of as them sleeping, could then be unconscious. Right. Right. And, and a lot of times if you have rear facing seats, then you run the risk of relying on this little mirror, you know, mirror, which are terrible, you know, the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, what are you going to see? You might see them sleeping, mm-hmm. sleeping. Right. And it's not that. And then by the time you get to your destination, it's too late. So things like that, I really try to highlight, you know, what are, what are these top things that I hear from ER nurses and from mm. these EMTs, mm. and then really sort of look at you know, the, a much broader scope um, and how they can really, because it really doesn't take that long. No. You know, and that's prevention the is always better than cure. Oh, 100%. Right. Um, you yeah. know, do you ever cover head injuries? Kids fall over, they black out. And, you know, it's yeah. like what to do in that time period. Is it, you know, is it brain swelling where you have to rush to the hospital? Is it, you know, are they going to come around at a certain period of time? I mean, I've certainly been through it enough with my kids, but I know that every kid is going to knock themselves out at some point. Yeah. So do you have any tips in on that? The, the number one tip is going to sound like I'm pushing it off to somebody else is when you're dealing with a head injury, call, like literally you, you call 911 because in that situation, you're not in a like if it's a head injury, they're not going to be having you perform all of these things right. typically, right? They're going to be more of a diagnosis. Okay, here's what you do. I'll give you the step by step, and of course, it's going to be and the EMS, you know, can arrive, you know, within a pretty short period of time. Because what you're going to run the risk of is if you are going to go and say, okay, well, I'm going to take, I can get to the ER faster than they're going to get to me, right? But then you run a, another risk. Number one, you're driving in a panic state. Mm-hmm. You're Taking them physically, mm-hmm. putting them in his car seat, strapping them in. Right. You don't know what happened. You right. don't like you're, you're not qualified to diagnose the situation. Yeah. So it's the way I look at it is 100%. I mean, call 911 and then go from you know, their directives, especially with a head injury, because you, you never know what could have happened. I mean, sometimes they don't act like they'll, they'll start getting up, but they could have a lot of broken. If they get up in the wrong way, you could puncture, yeah. you know, the spinal cord, yeah. you know, any number of things. So um, I would really seriously, I mean, the average mother, you know, or father hundred uh, percent of the time call, you know, 911 in a situation like that. Yeah. I mean, you never know. When my daughter was younger, the same one that split her ear, um, she was jumping up and down on grandma's chair near the TV. And I said, get down, you're going to hit yourself. She yeah. hit herself, passed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom calls the, the local doctor. They can't come out. So I literally pick her up, carry her and take her around there. She's passed out, immediately rushed me into the doctor. As soon mm-hmm. as I go into the doctor, what's happened? She hit her head. She passed out. She, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and you look like the complete idiot and neurotic mother, right? But, and, yeah. it, and of course, then it is take the concussion seriously because yeah. you don't know, you know, yeah. they may appear perfectly all right right now, but you don't know later. So, you know, the due diligence of being mindful, yes, they're going to go to sleep, but can they wake easily? Right. You know, are they going into a deep sleep where you can't get them roused because that's significant of something else. And yeah, we don't expect you to know it all. No. Right. That's the whole thing. And it's like having the information that you've gathered, you've gathered from the people who've experienced all these things that have seen these things and if only the parents had done this 
Right. Or if only right. the caregiver had done that, if only they knew to do this, right. this could be prevented. So you're talking preventiveness. Yes. And, yes. and we're not going to prevent everything. But do, what do we do, do when best. it comes up? What, what you do you do, do you, when you, you do your best? Like we have yeah. a quote in our book and it's really after the chapter on, uh, you know, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome and, and the suffocations and strangulations. And the doctor basically said at the end of the day, you know, we can't prevent these things hundred percent of the time from happening. We can, we can do our best though, yes. you know, do your best, become educated. And again, even if you know these things and you know them very, very well, there's still a chance that you can, you can panic, mm-hmm. you know, but did you do everything in your power? You know, that's the, and that, that's, you know, at the end of the day where we just have to do our best, Yeah. you know, and um, really seek out these resources, but don't take them on the face value, Right. you know, really think through where is this information coming from? And, um, uh, and then also like something as simple as making sure that somebody knows your address, you right. know, like get nuanced on it. If you're going to get nuanced on anything, don't have it be what's for dinner, right? Like right. get nuanced on this stuff. Um, and, and, and even with it, like if, with the kids have, like my daughter, Alana was born with severe allergies, mm. severe, like to this day, like we have a very limited list of things that she can eat. Um, some of which are the airborne. Some people have airborne allergies. So that's one of the things we put on our babysitter checklist as well. It's like, you have to make sure that the babysitter knows specifically how to prepare food you know, prepare your food with your silverware, all the, all the cooking for the child that has the allergies first, obviously. Yes. Right. But then if you have two kids or three kids or four kids and the other kids are fine, like my son, Marcus, no allergies. All right. So making sure these things are separated out. I mean, it can be something as simple and this happened to us. It was, it was, it was one of these things and my wife's a nurse. Mm. Right. And so she works really, really long hours and my son um, and my daughter, like we had uh, oat milk mm-hmm. for my daughter who has allergies because she's not allergic to oat milk. And then regular milk was for my son, Marcus. Well, she got them switched up. Mm-hmm. So my daughter ended up, you know, drinking cow's milk. And then I come home and I'm just like, well, you know, what happened? And you don't immediately see what's happening, yeah. right? You don't, with something like that, it's, it's can be slow. So I know what's going on, you know, so I'm, I'm not panicked, but I'm obviously very, very concerned. We are about two minutes away from our hospital. I know statistically speaking, I'm going to get her there faster. She doesn't have any other injuries. It's it's, what's happening is going on the inside. So I get her to the ER in two minutes. And um, that brings up another point is, you know, uh, if you have a child with allergies, make sure you have an EpiPen. Yeah. And the thing is too, here's another step. Make sure you know how to use it. Yes. That may sound obvious. No, no, no. Recently, most, a boyfriend did it to his girlfriend and put it the, in the wrong place. <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. Make sure you know it. So we even have a video in our masterclass how to use an EpiPen, right? Mm-hmm. But, but you know, the EpiPens, but we, we are very clear to stress that, you know, for instance, like I'm 46 years old. And when I look at the EpiPen, I can't read the directions on it. Right. They're tiny. Yes, right? I know. Oh. Right. So I'd be using like a mic. I mean, so for me, it's like, okay, I mean, I know how to do it. I can, t- what I typically do if I can't see something is I'll take a picture of it and then just highlight like Blow that. It up. Yes. So we have, we have a video on that, but, but of course there, EpiPen is not the only epinephrine auto injector. There's other versions and, and they change. I mean, sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll put it in and it'll say, you know, rub the area for 10 seconds and then they've changed. Now it's could be as low as three seconds. So it's like, they're, they're, make sure you understand not only, that um how to use it but also make sure it's not expired 
Yeah. You know, and that's very easy. They're expensive. So a lot of parents might try to, you yeah. know, take that, but you know, it's like, these are kind of things like check the expiration dates. We have the technology now, mm-hmm. like on my phone, I could just say, you know, I could just say, I could tell Alexa, yeah. and I could say, Alexa, set a reminder for three months, you know, to check the expiration date on the, on the uh, auto injector. Right. So use technology for, as reminders for these things. Same thing goes for the um, fire detectors, you know, or yes. the, the uh, smoke alarms, yeah. you know, the batteries can last up to 10 years right. sometimes, but when did you buy the house? Right. How new was the battery? Yeah. Right. And then, so it's typically with, with daylight savings time, that's a good time every year to say, okay, I'm just going to switch out these batteries to be on a safe side. Right. right. So these little tiny tips. Got another tip for you, but it's not for kids. Okay. Uh, um, I have a severe nut allergy. Okay. And um, so um, uh, I, the EpiPen I kind of gave up on me because it, I know immediately if I start taking a nut, the bubble of the lips and, you know, I, I take my antihistamine. But right. I was with my daughter um, at a bar and she'd ordered this salad and she'd got those walnuts in it. So I'm mm-hmm. eating the green things and I go, my lips are bubbling. <gasps> Yeah. Mom, I forgot walnuts. And mm-hmm. the bartender said, here, rinse this around your lips and gargle with it and swallow it. Straight vodka. And <laughs> no, seriously. Really? I have been caught a few times in restaurants where they've given yeah. me nuts, even when I've said I'm allergic to nuts. And yeah. every time that vodka thing, because it's quicker. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you end up with a kid and there's nothing else. It, it works. You right. rinse your mouth, you rinse everything else. There's, again, something natural in the potato of a vodka that, yeah, that yeah. works. So yeah. it's another tip, but especially, you know, more for an adult. But you never right. know. But uh, there's always something. And, you know, having a nut allergy, there's a lot of places that don't take allergies seriously. Right. Right. And right. you have to be very, very, as a parent, severe. Yeah. And then you got a blank look on the waiter or waitress's face. Mm-hmm. You would be sued. Oh, now I'm you know, yeah. woken up. So if yeah. you feel they're not paying attention, yeah. you know, really do reiterate because some people just go, allergies. And yeah. they don't take any notice of it. So, yeah. You know, we, we bring like our daughter, Lana, we don't, she has no meals in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. We prepare everything for her down to silverware, everything. She has right. everything prepared, including the mat. Cause we don't, we, we all know that these are not really thoroughly clean sometimes. Right. So for her specifically, because she has the nut allergy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so does my other daughter actually she has, but she has asthma on top of it. I do too. So yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was born with severe asthma. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, back in the eighties, I was being the ER all the time because I didn't know what to do back then. It was, right. we were given all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, now they, you know, not now, I mean, it's, it's been, a, it's been a quite a few years, but when they came out with the inhaler, yeah. you know, that was life-changing for me because yes. before that I couldn't, I was, you know, homebound yeah. most of the time, as I'm sure right. you probably yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. Uh, the inhaler came out when I was 14 and became a life-changer because literally I'd be blacking out. Yes. Uh, and unable to breathe and just lucky yeah. that I that I came around. But uh, you yeah. know, every time you feel like you lose some brain cells, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the lack of oxygen, you know, and might yes. be from the vodka, though. If you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been on the Ventrum now for, God, 53 years. Wow, and, okay. uh, yeah. and, you know, if, when, if I ever go medical, they say I remember going in for surgery. Yeah. And they put it in my hand and said, 
if you need this during surgery, use it. <laughs> I'm going to be out. How will I right, right. to use it? It was so illogical. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really weird. But anyway, yeah. maybe they were just thinking it was a comfort, but I don't know. But it did put me more in a panic, actually. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, things like asthma or where kids have problems, it's, um, you know, environmentally, we have so many uh, things out there nowadays, you know, that are airborne, that are more toxic. We do have to be careful. Of course, yeah. a, a, a plant-based diet is really good for that type of thing because it's generally mm. less contaminated. Mm. Um, but yes, we have to take it seriously. We have to, we have to have people around us take it seriously yes. because it's not fun. And the other thing is, the kids are going to get teased mm -hmm. because other people just think you're being a wimp yeah. and uh, you know, they, they need to be educated on how life threatening it is. And when yeah. they are educated on that, they take it more seriously and have more respect. Um, right. So the more education we can with people, I mean, there are some people who simply don't care. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. We'll always have those, but yeah. for most people is they just don't realize yeah. I and mean, you can help them realize then it's a different scenario altogether. And knowledge is power. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's not just power what to do in a, in a case of a situation, but it's also understanding why certain parents are so on guard or, you know, are dealing with these things. And it's having back to that empathy. I understand, you know, I can't comprehend everything you go through, but I understand something of what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know what I can do for you, but I'm here if I can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we could step up and be a little bit more supportive of each other. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the thing that makes it a little bit easier these days is that so many kids have these issues. Yes. That it's not like an anomaly anymore, you no. know. So, um, and I which think a is lot also of, a question yeah. of you know what's out there that is causing yeah. this. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, I'm glad you wrote this book. I'm glad that you got this redirection. However, you know, horrific it yeah. was at the time. Is that I always believe that something happens in our lives to redirect us to where we're meant to go, yeah. doing what we're meant to be doing. And right. clearly, this path will chose you. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it gave you yeah. that that example for you to realize how much it's needed. Right. And my God, is it needed? Yeah. So, you know, this book is something that I hope very much, as you said, it's going to be in CD form or, or download form or something that people can have. Any, a, any, we have, we'll, we'll have an audio book, ebook, yeah. physical book, and then the actual master classes are can access, you know, to, to watch the videos anytime you want. Right. Yeah. And so the yeah. thing is, I don't care if your grandma, grandpa or yeah. just a friend that comes over and watches the kids yeah. you know have this information at your fingertips have, watch this information beforehand yeah. because prior knowledge at least takes the panic out of things and then right. you at least know where to go right. at that moment to get the help and that mm -hmm. is that can save a life right right yeah that's absolutely. the most important thing absolutely and and uh that's that's so that's so important you know it's really the prevention is key Yes, hundred percent of that. I mean, it's just it, it really is. And then again, you're you're never going to know who's going to be around when a crisis befalls the family, right? So, it's a lot of you know, like historically, you want to make sure that no one parent is relied upon for this. Have the skills individually, every single person, you know, who knows what it is. And then depending on the age of the kids, like my daughter, my other daughter's fourteen. Mm -hmm. You know, she knows a lot of these skills, mm -hmm. right? So because you know she she's uh, you know she, we basically one of the things that we wanted to get her involved in out here in California is um lifeguarding yeah so in lifeguarding she learns all the cpr stuff she yes. learns how to swim i mean all kinds of so all these things are you know it was 
in my head, it was something that would be good for her on, on so many different levels, but also it trickles down to her being able to take care of our kids, you know, if there's a problem um, as well. So it's a uh, you, family you involved. Know. You yeah. never know yeah. when you're going to be in a situation where you having this knowledge, you're there yeah. at the right time in the right place with the right knowledge. Right. And how, what a difference you can make literally between life and death. Right, right. Right. So having, you know, why, why do a lot of things happen? Because people don't know what to do in that crisis. Right. The more we know, even the basics, the more we know is it literally could be life-saving for a child, for anyone. Well, you know, you also become a, a, a valuable member of your community. Yes. You know, my, my brother, you know, right, right when I was learning these things, my brother Eric called me and he was in New York. He's like, you're never going to believe what just happened. He's in a restaurant. It was a Greek restaurant that we used to go to all the time. And he said, this woman has uh, her son in this um, high chair, you know, that they, the, uh, they, they gave to her at the restaurant. He starts choking. The mother gets up, goes up. She knows exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. She goes over, takes him out, clears the obstruction, puts him back down, and they just keep on eating dinner. <laughs> right. And so when I, what I, when I thought that through, I'm just like, well, so she's not only a valuable member to her family, right? but if that happened to somebody else in a restaurant, I think she'll do it. I think she'd do the right thing too. Right. But Instead of being the, one of those bystanders, just stand around. Yeah. Uh, but the attitude of it too. Yeah. She didn't make a big thing out of it. So the no. kid didn't make a big thing out of no. it. So it wasn't something to be afraid of. Right. right. It's right. like, you know, a child falls down and cries and the parent, oh! and yeah. it's like, well, you fell down. Let's get back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Got an yeah. Want a band-aid? Yeah. You know, yeah. make light of it because if yeah. we make drama out of it, we're instilling a fear and a drama in that child, right? Right, so, right. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. We again, in, have in, a, in a choking about. in a choking scenario, I'll just end with this is just if if Marcus, my son, was choking and I had gone like this towards yes. him. He gets startled and he's going to take a reflexive, you yes. know, it's going to try to get, and the object's going to go further down. Yeah. Right. So like, again, we talk about st- staying calm. It's like, yeah. you just calmly approach them, take them out of the, the high chair or the cart, whatever it's happening. And then you start doing them in a calm, calm way. Uh, but you're, again, you're only going to rush and startle and panic when you're yeah. panicked. Yes. When you don't know what to do. Right. right. Yeah. So first and foremost, be calm. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. know what you're doing because you've done the research, you've read the book, you've watched the videos, taken the right. masterclass. Right. Now you feel more self-assured within yourself of how right. to deal with a situation when it comes up. That's right. It's very and empowering. And it. It is. Yes. It is. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we just don't know when. You know, mm. you, if you're lucky, your kid's going to go through their entire life without ever needing that. But yeah. maybe somebody else did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're there for somebody else. That's right. Or maybe your kid, because you've instilled this in your kid, is there right. for someone else. Right. So you're primarily doing it for your family, but you never know what the ripple effect can be. And this podcast, yeah. I mean, just the very, just us doing this podcast, this podcast can be shared from one mother, one father, to grandparents, to another yes. mother and father. And just that in and of itself can be a story someday. Well, yeah, they talk right? about book club. I talk about podcast clubs. Yeah, yeah. We encourage oh, people to, to listen and then yeah. each one their own perspective. What have they right. learned from it? You right. know, what did they not know they do now know? Because right. in that camaraderie group, you have formed your own little community of support. 
Yes. So yes. I highly recommend it. And based on, based on facts too, like we're talking the pre, just all in with this is like, I want to be so clear about this because I've, I've seen this with these, when we talk about clubs or groups, yes. like, and, I, and we talked about this before we came on, just, I want to stress this is that make sure that the information that you're getting is based on what's actually true yeah. and not just because again, the person you're getting that information from, and I saw this in a group I was telling you about when there was a child safety concerns are coming up and they're actually given each other incorrect advice. Right. Right. So that person might've watched that YouTube video that we were talking about from seven years ago that was right. done by, you know, Tim in Iowa who just learned a new skill. Right. And then just said, I'm going to make a YouTube video. This is pretty cool, but he forgot two steps. Right? right. So it's, it's really being careful about where you're getting your, your resources. Is from. it proper, valid, certified resourceful source, right? That right, is the important right. thing because yes. that, I mean, that doesn't mean that through the years, there aren't going to be different techniques or different this sure. or different that, but the certification mm -hmm. of what you're learning right now from these people is up to date. Right, right, is, right, is right. current and tried and true. Right, right. And they right. do change. Yes. They do change. These, these, yes. It's amazing that when you look back historically mm. on what's recommended now and what was recommended before, yeah. it'll blow your mind. You're like, you got to be kidding me. It's like, no, no, no. There are big changes that have been made. And, and, and there will be in five years and 10 oh, absolutely, years. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to be scratching right? our head yeah, in five, exactly. 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what? When you get behind the wheel of a car, mm -hmm. you don't just get behind the wheel of the car and know how to drive it. Right. It is a weapon that we yes. drive around every day. Yes. We had to learn how to drive it mechanically, then yes. instinctually, and then paying attention when we're on that road because our radar has to be out there all the time. Yes. But if we didn't know how to drive that car, yeah. right, we wouldn't know how to get around. So the same thing with this. It's mm -hmm. having this knowledge that you may not use as often as a car, but, right. the, you know, how often are you going to be in a situation of a near accident or an accident? Mm -hmm. But if you know what to do in that, in the case of that accident, right. then you're empowered, right? That's it's right. about the empowerment. Yeah. You can save your kid's life. You can save a friend's life. You can, their kids can save a life. The whole point is you're saving lives. Right. right. A life that didn't have to go right. because somebody knew what to do. That's right. That's right. And there's no better feeling than having that skill set. Yeah. You know, and that's, that it's so powerful. Yeah. You know, it really gives you a level of confidence that, that really expands way beyond just the child safety thing. Yeah. You know, you just feel like, because even if you become more situationally aware, you know, then you're, you're looking out for your fellow, fellow community, you know, then you're, you're saying what, what's, what's over here. What can I do to make this better? Hey, we don't have a designated water watcher at this party. Right. You know, you wouldn't even know that term if you didn't right. actually learn. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, I mean, you're, so you're an asthmatic, you know what it's like to have an asthma attack. Yeah, and oh, yeah. sometimes you yeah. can just simply do it by taking the air in wrong. Right. 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 And it's like, you know what it's like to choke. Oh, yes. And to yes. gasp for Way air. too many times. It's yep. very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's nothing like it. No. There's really nothing like it. And, you know, one of the things that we you know when we hear statistics of like the, the million children, you know, who not make it to the age of five. It's like as human beings, we're really not able to wrap our head around mm -hmm. the role of the pain that is actually caused right. around the world. So what I really encourage, it's an, it's an uncomfortable thing to do, mm -hmm. but I really, to make it, to make it your own, as if you're a mom or a dad is to really close your eyes and then just, just think about your own child. Yeah. You know, it's only when you really think about your own child, your own grandchild and really visualize them, let's say choking on, mm -hmm. you know, their breakfast. Mm -hmm. 
then you will get the, this rush of emotions, you know? So don't focus on the, the broader problem. Yes. Be informed by it. Yeah. But as far as you're, 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 you're basically telling yourself, I need to do something about this now, like right now, right. You know, like there's, there's a, there's a quote that I love that says every day is a day too late. Mm. Right. So, and that could, a day is 24 hours. I would, I would argue it'd be more like every minute is a minute too late because your child could be having popcorn, which yeah. they shouldn't have, by the way, you know, for a certain age or a hot dog. And it's, that's not cut up properly, right. you know, or, but a, mm-hmm. or a, a great, but, but even, you know, uh, with Marcus, what he actually choked on was pineapple. Mm. Now you might say, okay, well, did he have the hard part of the pineapple? No, I cut off the hard part. Yeah. So, but talk about nuance. It was what my CPR instructor told me. He's like, he's like, pineapple is a problem because of the consistency it's fibrous. Right. So that's what just, it just kind of expands and you're right. And mm-hmm. then it just, it just stops. Right. I mean, so really think that through It's like, even in a, um, you know, we have a number of resources in the, in the, in the book also about, so you can actually watch videos of like the fire. Yes. Like when you say how fast it goes, yeah. the typically like um, from the associations that you can follow, they'll say, well, be able to do a two minutes to get your family out. And I'm like, two minutes. Are you, Two minutes. Who's to say you have two minutes? Right. I mean, how many videos do I have personally watched that it's within twenty seconds? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's like a Christmas. I mean, just just around you know the holidays. How many Christmas tree fire tragedies are there? You know, because people don't typically water them properly. Those yes. things go up like within, like I said, 15, 20 seconds, and then within less than a minute, the entire house. And it's know? not just the fire; it's the smoke and it's everything else. And oh. We know another thing to throw in there is climate change. You know, we had an entire town obliterated in minutes. Just Mm -hmm. a whole fireball went through and the one guy didn't get out with a shirt. Mm -hmm. You know, he he literally just grabbed his dog and ran and he didn't even have time to get a shirt because the fireball went right through or flooding or anything else. The thing is, life is happening around us. We never know when it's going to happen to us. Right, right, right. And then he did the right thing, right? He got out, mm-hmm. he stayed out. Yes. People don't go back in, get out, yeah. stay out, then call 911, right? Right. Right. I mean, don't do those in reverse and don't right. ever go back. Right. I know you people instinctively want to go back and get some whatever it is, right? All that stuff can be replaced, yeah. right? For the most part, with the exception of the hamsters, right? That's, yes. that's one of those things that's, no, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's really tough. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to make that that measurement for yourself. Right. But um, yeah. You know, there's, we watch all of these shows, folks, you know, the firefighter ones, the this ones and that ones, and they've always got tips in there. Don't go back in. Even they said, don't send the firefighters back in sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. know, so is there yeah. is a reason behind it. And I know you yeah. want to save something, but at the same time, sometimes you just can't. Yeah. And that is it. But when you can, when you're empowered to do so, that person coming out of the smoke that needs the CPR or needs yeah. the help, yeah. then you know, actually, you, you've, you've got some skills to do something right. to That's make right. a difference in that person's life. Because let's That's face right. it, when there's a catastrophe, like, you know, something major happening, uh, a firefighter or a um, paramedic or anything, they are just two or three people. They can't yeah. work on everyone. So if you've right. got some skills, you right. could step up and help them. And that difference between that paramedic getting from that person to that person yeah. is literally a life and death. And if you can just keep them going long enough, 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and again, like, even if you are to, to your, to your point, let's say for instance, that it is taking them 10 minutes to get to the house, but you're the other person Yes. with your, your, what happens with CPR is that you can get pretty tired after yeah. a while because it's a, it's an intense thing. Yes. And so now you have the ability to take over, mm-hmm. you know, and then you guys can switch off. You know, you really want somebody to switch off with somebody who's at equal level of training or above. Right. right? So, but the, but even if you don't have any training, you could still be the one to go get stuff. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, these things, and even just put the phone on speaker, put yes. it next to them so they can hear it properly. Right. You're the one who calls out the address or gets the, ad- yes. I mean, like work with everybody, you know, everybody work with what has you got. a role. Everybody yes. has a role. Right. Yes. So, and yes. then it's just, no, please don't stand there paralyzed. You're paralyzed because right. you're afraid because you don't know what to do. That's right. And it's, if you don't know what to do, ask, Yes. Right. What do you what yeah. do you need me to do? You know, yes. call this, call that, do this, do that. And don't just do it. That's <laughs> Put right. yourself in gear and just do it. Yes. And if you've yes. got the skills, if you've been trained, then those skills will come out in you. Right. Yeah. They'll yeah. but especially if you refresh them. Yes. How do people get hold of the book? Um, how do people join up for this masterclass? How do people get you? Well, um, the main website is ourchildskeeper.com. Um, and the book is emergencythebook.com. And what we're doing with the book, emergencythebook.com, is there's a lot of bonuses that are in there. So if you join the masterclass, there's bonuses in there. But if you want to just get the book, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You know, in the UK, we have people in the UK. So, and we also have it in ebook version. So the main website, again, at ourchildskeeper.com, is a place where you have access pretty much to everything. Mm-hmm. But specifically for the book, you know, I would highly encourage going to emergencythebook.com. Um, and then we have a ton of resources there too. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not just us, right? We're right. basically saying you want to have trusted resources. Where where should if you want to get for instance, like we have a link to um, uh, where do you go to get your car seat properly installed? Because mm. and, and when should you do it? Like you should actually do it eight weeks before you give birth. You might say, well, why would we do Well, what if the baby's premature? Right. Right. We don't want to think about these things, but you, you also don't want to be in a, in a situation where the baby comes a little bit early Mm. And you're already in the hospital. Now you got to go do the research, mm. find it, get it properly installed. So, so the local police stations, fire stations, you know, a lot of them have these events where you can go in there, you can make sure it's installed properly. You know how to use it. Um, and, and so these little tips are in there. There are links to, to these places where you can find that information out um, and, and, and a number of other resources, of course. Being a new parent is already overwhelming. Yes. You know, my poor daughter was 48 hours in labor. She had complications afterwards. He was a very big baby and they were all exhausted. And, you know, like sleep, what's that? He's 10 months old and they still haven't had a night, you know? Yes, yes. uh, And it's very hard to kind of function when you're tired. So the more you've done things in preparation, the more those things are there. And then, as you said, keep watching the videos and refresh, refresh, the more it stays in your mind. That fatigue or not, if a situation comes up, it's there, it's instilled. Or right. you know exactly where to go to get, you know, to, to watch that video while it's happening or somebody's watching, now do this, now do that, you right. know, because when you're tired, you're not thinking straight. But if, if the knowledge is already there or at the fingertips, now, you know, you're empowered to do so. Right. And that, and that the time that you are up is actually a good time to watch you yes. know, the video, you know, yeah. so you can refresh the, in that time. You're going to be up anyway. Yeah. You know, and you're doing it at the service of the child you're up for. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's like my, my son, uh, Dylan, you know, he didn't sleep through the night for three years. Mm. He just had this, 
I don't know what you call it. I still don't know, you know, but he just like the first three years, he just would not sleep through the night. And we were exhausted in addition to doing our jobs and everything yes. else. So yeah, I mean, that adds to it. You, then you have panic and then you're tired. I mean, yes. talk about a perfect storm. So yeah. um, you know, maximize that time. And, and yeah. there are any number of tools that you can learn to, you know, like for my daughter, Lana, because of her uh, allergies, I was up during the night a lot with her because my wife as a nurse would get back super late. So I'd uh-huh. watch her during the night but I learned a meditation, a deep breathing practice. Right. Yes. And that's the way I was able to survive. Yes. Was really meditation was allowing me to survive during the night. So the little time I did get to sleep, when she woke up the next time, my brain was alert because it was oxygen yeah. and my whole body was oxygenated. Right. Yes. Right? So there's research, you know, like dude, there's so much information out there. Um, and a lot of it, you have to, you know, really make sure it's the correct information, but um, research, there's so much out there, you know? Thank you for doing what you're doing. I look forward to having you back on what is happening. And I hope it's yeah. in every hospital as a package that people go home with. Yes. Uh, because we're inundated when that baby is first born. Yes. Whether it's number one, two, three, or four, it doesn't yeah. matter. We're inundated. And every child is different, as you know. Yes. Yes. And so if we've got these skills and tools they're in our backpack. They're yeah. at the fingertips. Oh, I think I just need to refresh. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. And then when an emergency comes up, it's there in your head. You know what to do. Right. It can literally be the difference between life and death. Mm-hmm. And that empowerment to know that you've got that knowledge yes. is very, very important. So yes. thank you for taking this path. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fantastic. It's been wonderful. So and have you back again with all the big news. Most yes, certainly. yes, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Folks, remember, um, we're not meant to know it all, but it doesn't mean that there isn't knowledge out there that we can learn from. Marcus put this wonderful program together because he saw his child gasping, because he knows what it's like to have no air. And this is the direction that it's taken him in. And now that's a gift to you. So take this knowledge. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care if you don't have any kids around you. And you, you never know when you can use this elsewhere or you're around kids at a party or somewhere. You go and visit your boss and his kid gets into trouble and the boss doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do. You don't mm-hmm. know. Having this knowledge is something that's there within you that can save somebody. And you might even be the one on the phone sometime telling somebody how to do it if you can't actually be there. So just having the knowledge is good for everyone. So until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. Please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see all the other genres that we have from you. Every week on Tuesday, we bring you new shows from illuminating people. If you know someone that should be interviewed, please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com. Now stay tuned for your next show.